Well, welcome to the Empower Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. So welcome to church. Great to have you here today. And uh, welcome to everyone joining us online, no matter what platform you're on today. It's great to have you with us as well. Make sure you say hello on the chat as well, which is good. Uh, Kate and I and the kids, we were actually in North Queensland last week and uh, spent the time with our family, caught up with my parents and brothers and sisters and spent a few days there with them because my our kids hadn't seen them for since, I think, last year, uh, which is great. But we got to preach in our Innisfil location uh, up there. If you don't know, if you're new to Empower, our church. We are one church in two locations, and uh, we have a, a church in North Queensland, Innisfil. It's actually a church I grew up in, and uh, always great to go back. And I tell you what, last Sunday, man, it was a move of God. We God moved in a powerful way, and uh, Pastor Travis and Grace, our location pastors there, are doing incredible. They're doing amazing, and uh, the church is growing. Uh, the youth ministry is growing up there as well. It's just seeing great days, and uh, and it's amazing. I mean, you go up there, and there's no mask needed or anything is really good. Uh, but uh, it, it's just great just, you know, seeing everybody and catching up and uh, being able to preach in person, which was wonderful. So good. But we're going to dive into uh, this new series uh, called The Book of James. And uh, and so it's not the book of our James here, but it's a, the book of James in the Bible. You're going to get that a lot, buddy. I'm sorry. You are. You're going to cop that a lot. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it is literally a series uh, that I believe is very important in the time we're living uh, living in at the moment. Uh, it's just a, a great opportunity for us to get into the Word of God together as a church. And, uh, and I just believe that there's a lot of people here uh, in the church that you, you don't struggle with the Bible, you love it, you're in it every day. But I know there's some people here that maybe you've struggled to read the Word of God, you've struggled to get into the Word of God, have it a part of your practices of your life. And uh, we wanna do this as a church. We wanna come together, both our locations are diving into the book of James. And, uh, and, and the key is this, is that it takes 30 days to create a habit in your life. Who, who knows that? 30 days to create a habit. Now, I believe over this next month, you know, we can create a great good habit in our lives of getting into the Word of God. So what we're going to do in our life groups as well, we're actually going to go deeper. So we're kind of, when we're preaching, we're going to kind of dive into it as much as we can in 30 minutes. Um, but in our life groups, we're going to go deeper. We're going to be able to really unpack what the chapter is saying and what God is trying to speak to our lives. And uh, I want to encourage us today. We need the Word of God in our lives. We need it more than ever in this time we live in. We need the Word. We need prayer in our lives. But I love that, hey, we can dive into the book of James. It's such a great book. And uh, I love this Scripture about the Word. Uh, not this Scripture, this quote from John Wesley. We love John Wesley. If you don't know about him, read about him. He's amazing. He says, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven how to land safe on the happy shore. God Himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end, He came from heaven. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be a man of one book. I love this because John Wesley was actually highly educated and read a lot. Uh, but what he was saying was the Word of God was the key Word speaking into his life. 
It was the key part of his life so that he could grow and really learn from what the Word was teaching him, amen? So diving into the book of James, uh, you know, James, the, the, the writer, is, it wasn't actually James the disciple. It's actually widely believed to be James the brother of Jesus. And, uh, and so he, he wrote this book and uh, in the time really of, uh, we, we think it was 45 to 48 AD. That's when the book was actually written. It was actually before the Jerusalem Council, which was in 49 AD. But James himself uh, really wasn't a disciple, but actually became an apostle under the vein of the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and he actually had a, a, a transformation in his life when he saw the resurrected Christ. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, actually um, lets you know how James really was impacted by seeing the person that was his brother and he grew up with as the resurrected Saviour, the resurrected Messiah. And uh, it changed his life completely. And so we see here that James writes this book and it's, and it's mostly written to Jewish Christians. All right, the time that they were going, it was, a, it was a time of trial. It was a time of challenge, a time of, there was persecution to the Christians at the time. And so, so James was writing this book to encourage the Christians. A lot of them had scattered and gone to diff different places and they were holding on to their faith. So we see in this book, and James writes to encourage them, to give them keys, keys of being able to remain strong in the midst of any season of their lives. Okay, which is a great key. And uh, so let's dive into it. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 8 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, he is double-minded, man unstable in all his ways. All right, so it starts off here. And I think what sums up this passage of chapter one is the phrase that he says is count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now, when you think about the list of things that he writes about here, I mean, it's like a list of, of trials and challenges and, and circumstances that they were going through. And I don't think summing it up as a joyful experience was the best way to talk about it, all right? He says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. See, James had tapped into something that was supernatural and not earthly. James had tapped into something that was, was attainable through the Spirit of God and not attainable through the flesh. He had tapped into something to enable empowerment to live out, make decisions, do the things we need to do in the world that we live in, but stay connected to heaven. Stay connected to the supernatural. That's why he said, count it all joy. Joy. There is something about the joy of the Lord. There's something about the joy of the Lord that fills our hearts and our lives that is beyond our circumstance, beyond a challenge in our lives, that the joy is almost like it's, it's otherworldly because it is. It's from heaven to us. 
How many know the fruit of the Spirit is always like that? It's the evidence of God's work in our lives. Joy, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness. We list them off. But see, there is a power to knowing that, hey, we can tap into the work of God in our lives. So what James is saying here, hey, regardless of if you face a challenge, if you're walking through something in your life, He speaks to us today over 2,000 years later and saying, hey, you can count it all joy as well. We can know the joy of the Lord in our lives every single day. It's attainable, it's accessible in our lives. And I see that the, the important key to this is that we can not live in a finite perspective of our lives. See, it's very easy to get caught in the moment, isn't it? It's very easy to get caught in the here and now, the way I feel, what's going on in my life. Now, James isn't talking about living your life with a finite perspective. James is speaking about living your life with an eternal perspective. There's something different about when your eyes get off what's going on in my life around me and my eyes are on Jesus Christ. My eyes are on the resurrected King. My eyes are on the fact that He will return, that He is coming back, that, the, that the, our heaven is our home. We have an assurance. We have a future. All you have to do if you need a little bit of encouragement is read Revelation because it all ends up good in the end, all right? It ends up the fact that He has already won the victory. He's already won, he's, he's paid the price at the cross and He has gone to be with the Father at the right hand of the Father. He will return. He will come back again. This is what we can all agree on as believers and that our future is assured. It's incredible. No matter what is going on in our world. And this is how we can keep joy in our lives. Joy is not just happiness. Joy is hopefulness. Joy is hope. It's dream. You know, Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, the one thing that gets tested in a trial is this, with you and God, okay? It's very personal. But the one thing that gets tested is, are you really good? If you're allowing this to happen, are you really good? But here's the truth, and this is what James is trying to teach us in this Scripture. It's like when things happen, it's not because God started it. I want to tell you right now, God didn't make COVID, okay? He didn't start it. But God is doing a lot of good in our world right now in the midst of this whole situation. He is moving and He is going to move even more so into the future. And we need to have our hearts in a place that God is working and producing producing a Christ-likeness inside of us. And see what needs to happen in our lives if we need to keep joy and patience and peace in our lives in the midst of any challenge in our lives. We have got to know I've got to come back to God, but I've got to get rid of the lie first of all that says God in any way, shape or form is not good. I've got to remove that from my thinking. I gotta get rid of that right now because I wanna tell you right now, if you think that God even in a little speck is not good, that His thoughts are not good toward you, His thoughts are evil and not good, then we need to remove that because that's a lie from the enemy. It's not truth. God is good. 
He is the source of good. He is love. He is the source of love. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, a dream, a tomorrow that's blessed and full of promise and full of life. And we need to understand today that sometimes it's a deeply personal thing in our own prayer life that we need to come before God and say, God, if I'm questioning right now Your goodness, then help me to know Your goodness again. Help me to see the good fruit of Your goodness, Lord God. Help me not to get focused on the negatives, but focused on the things you are doing right now. Help me to shift my mindset. Help me to change the way I'm thinking, believing and seeing right now so that I will not believe a lie, but I'll believe the truth that you are good. He is good all the time. And if we need joy in our lives, it starts with our perspective. It starts with the way we see God. And we all need to come to terms with that in our own heart in the midst of a trial. There's been moments in my own life, in my own life, where I've had the question marks there going, what are you actually doing right now, God? What is the point of doing this right now? There is no point to this. There is no point to what I'm walking through in this moment. And I've had to choose Every day I've had to choose to come back in the midst of those seasons of my life and say, Lord, You are good. I love You. I worship You. I will not believe the devil is a liar. I will believe the truth that You are good and You only think good thoughts toward me. You give me a future. You give me a hope. See, you can train your heart and your mind to come back into that place before God where there's true joy. There's true peace. That's true patience, the work of God in our lives. And see, in the current situation we're in right now, there's a lot of fear-mongering, a lot of fear-mongering from our media. Why do they do that? Because it makes them money. That's why they do it. Because people are clickbaiting all the time. That's why they do it. But let's not allow the media and negativity, all right, to feed our lives with untruths. All right, let's not allow anything else to feed our lives more than the Word of God, more than truth in our lives. Now, we need to be aware of the situation we are in, but if it's not true, we need to believe the truth about our lives, the truth of what God says about us, first of all. It's important and wise to be aware of the current situation and to make decisions in our lives, but we don't allow people that we do not know to lead our lives. We allow the, the Word of God to lead our lives to truth, to keep our lives in a place where, Lord, I'm not gonna get distracted of keeping my eyes, my mind, and my heart on You. If the one thing that the Holy Spirit has said to me a lot, even over this last probably year, a lot, he said this, and he was reminded of me even the other day. He said, do not get distracted, Paul. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by the things that are going on in this world right now. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And that is a word I believe for all of us. Don't get distracted by what's going on in our world right now. Keep your eyes on me. And see, this is the truth of it is that, you know, James says this, in the midst of anything that you face in your life, then you can ask God for wisdom. There's earthly wisdom, but there's also heavenly wisdom. 
And we can actually ask and God gives that wisdom liberally to our lives, pours it out over our lives. He can help guide our decisions in our lives. And on that note, I wanna, I wanna say this about the situation that we are in right now. I know that even in the last 20 months, I've had to remain in a place of prayer as your pastor to know how to decide, know how to move everything forward uh, and make decisions daily, really in the midst of this. And I've had to be in prayer every single day. I, I always have been in my life, I believe in prayer, but really just calling on God and saying, God, thank you for your wisdom. Is that wisdom you can tap into for anything that you do, to lead your family, to lead your business, to lead a ministry, to lead in the life of, for me, to lead the church. I've had to tap into that wisdom every single day. And I know that, that right now, there are decisions that are being made for every single person in our world right now. And I understand that, you know, the big pressure at the moment is that, do I get vaccinated? Don't I get vaccinated? All right, it's a big thing, it's everywhere at the moment. And, it's a, and I wanna say this, as, a, as your pastor, it's a, it's a personal decision. It's up to you, okay? You've gotta pray about this for yourself. All right, you need to ask God for yourself and pray and seek God. Do I do, I do this, do your research, do what you need to do? And then make the decision with faith, all right? Now there's, there's, I know that in our congregation and right now there are those that are, pro, are for it, they are okay to do it, and there are those that are not. And there are some in our, in our church right now that are undecided, you're gonna wait it out, see what happens, okay? There, there can be many decisions that people can make. And I know that there are deeply held convictions inside of people on both sides of this discussion, all right? But I want you to know this, is that let's not let this bring division, let's be the people of God and allow our eyes to not get distracted on the things of this world and the earthly wisdom, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus, focused on Him, focused on what God is doing, and let's live a Christ-like life. Jesus gave us the great command, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. And, and I pray that we can live that as Christ followers every day. And right now, Empower Church is a part of a greater movement of churches called International Network of Churches. And uh, I get the great honour of leading a network of pastors and churches in our nation within this network of churches. And right now we are working as a, as a movement of a roadmap forward a roadmap forward on how we can move forward in our nation. Because New South Wales and Victoria are heading out of lockdowns and, and right now our churches there are, are having to deal with um, decisions that need to be made on, on you know, uh, the, the vaccinated, the not vaccinated. Uh, there's a lot that's going on right now. And I want you to know, we're doing this collectively as a, as a, as a movement of churches. And there is a roadmap that we're stepping out on how we're gonna help churches to be able to gather uh, because we believe that it is important that if you are vaccinated or not vaccinated, you can still gather. You can still be able to come and be a part of the church. Now, I, I just, this is what we're trying to navigate forward. Now, you may have a deeply held conviction of your own. You can have a deeply held conviction politically about what you think is good for politics and what you don't think is good for politics. But let's not let that stop us from living the gospel, from living out the gospel. See, the enemy wants to divide, but Jesus came to the cross to unite to bring us together as the church, to, to not divide us, but unite us. And I, I, I pray this is that, 
You know, the church is filled with different, uh, uh, you know, ethnicities, different, you know, ages and, 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 and different nationalities. And we're all, we all come together. And what brings us together is Jesus at the head. Is Him at the head. That's what unites us together. And we will not and we should not allow our earthly situation to cause us to become bigger to us than the Gospel itself. The Gospel is the Gospel. Let's preach that more than we preach anything else in our lives. Yes, let's make decisions for our lives. Yes, let's be wise and make the right calls for our own lives. But let's have the faith to trust God with the decisions that we make, amen? Whatever that may be. And so we're gonna have the faith to navigate the journey forward. And I'll encourage you, please play, pray for New South Wales. We've got pastors in our movement. I've been on the phone to them, talking to them, because the heart of a pastor is we love our people. Maybe you need to be reminded today, I'm praying for you every single day and believing for the covering over your lives every day. You, sometimes we, we forget the fight that goes on in the Spirit for your lives. I don't want you to forget that today. Don't forget that. Sometimes we can get nonchalant. We can forget about it because we just, ah, the spiritual thing doesn't matter. No, no. Hey, remember what is being done for you. What's being done and held for you in your lives. And I've been on the phone to pastors sometimes in the point of tears at times, saying, how are we gonna navigate this forward? How are we gonna move this forward? Why? Because we love people. We didn't get into this game because we didn't love people. We got into it because we were called to do it. And we love people. This is why we do it. This is why one of the greatest things you do is gather. It's come and just rock up. Serve. Help others to find Jesus. It's one of the most evangelical things we can do. And some of our churches in our nation right now are fighting to get back to that place so people can gather and help them with their mental health, help them with their families, help them with their lives so people can be supported and helped along this journey. And we wanna see our nation get back on track again. And I wanna encourage you today, don't get caught up in the ways of this world. Get our eyes fixed on Jesus right now. Let's keep praying for our nation. Keep believing God for it. How are we doing? You going good right now? Let's move forward with this, all right? And no matter what decisions we have to make in, in the future, we'll pray through it. We'll do it with faith. And we'll do it with, what, as James says, the wisdom of heaven. Amen. Awesome. That's good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. The second thing I feel is this, is to be doers, not just hearers. James 1, 21 to 25 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. But do be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the Word, this one will be blessed and in what he does. I love this because what James is saying here is that let's, let's not get caught up in the ways of this world. 
all right? See, the, the Jewish Christians at the time, they, was, they were struggling in their faith. That's the truth, all right? And the world was tugging on them. It was tugging on their lives. And he was saying, hey, put aside the ways of this world. Put aside your old life and let the implanted Word, let the implanted Word fuel your heart. See, meekness means humility, all right? Surrender. That's what it to be meek. I'm coming, I'm surrendering my life and I'm giving my life over to your word. And what James likened this to is that it's if you are a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, a hearer is like a, a, a man who looks in the mirror and takes one look and goes, all right, ready for the day and goes out and doesn't come back to it. All right. But the thing is, is that when you keep looking in the mirror every day, what happens is you can see the changes. You can see what's shifting in your life. I need a haircut. Oh man, I need to brush my teeth. You know, all sorts of things. I'm looking at the reflection of how my life is going. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I tell you what, James wrote, I'm looking at the man in the mirror before Michael Jackson did. (laughs) Michael Jackson ripped off James, all right? (laughs) I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways, all right? And so we see this, hey, yeah, nice work. And we see this as, as the Word of God is coming back every day and looking at it and saying, how am I looking at the reflection of the Word of God in my life today? How, how is it looking in me? How is it changing me? How is it transforming my life? How is it shifting my life? This is one of the great reasons why we read our Word every day. It's one of the great reasons why we allow it to get into our lives every day. Why? Because it transforms us. It renews our mind. It changes us. And we come back and look and say, how's my reflection look today? How's it looking in the Word of God? And it's okay. It's okay when we see things that it's like, oh, that needs to change. Oh man, I'm still working on that in my life. That's okay. We're all doing that. Every one of us. We're all looking at things in our lives and having to change things in our lives. But hey, how much better is it if we come back and look in the reflection rather than just ignoring it? Rather than just, oh, I don't wanna come back and look at myself in that reflection again. It's okay to. It's all right to, to come back and allow the Word of God to come and feed into our lives and produce change. See, this is my Bible and and I love this Bible. I've owned it for, uh, it was given to me in 2002. I was the youth pastor of this church at the time. And uh, it was actually uh, all, the, all the youth ministry at the time signed the Bible. It's got all their little messages in there and all that sort of stuff. I've held on to this Bible for years, for nearly 20 years. And, uh, and I know that my wife, Kate, she actually bought this, you know, for me uh, with the youth ministry back then before we were even dating. And uh, thanks, honey, it's been a good book. And, uh, and I've, this is my Bible and I've got underlines in there. I've got my little notes in there of what the revelation meant to me. And there's been many moments over the last 20 years that I've needed this Word in my life. It has helped change me. It's helped shape me. It's helped shift things in my life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for what the Word of God can mean in our lives. I think back even when I was 10 years old, I was seeing my family this week. And um, for some reason, we were out to dinner at this place. It's my dad's favourite restaurant. And, uh, and, and we were talking about how my older sister's their first 
10-year-old birthday was to go to this restaurant. And they said, oh, we did that for you, for the girls, but I don't think we did that for you, Paul. And, uh, and I said, no, you didn't bring me to the restaurant. She said, what did I do for you? And I said, you bought me a Bible. You, you bought me a Bible. You bought me a bike too. I needed a bike. But yeah, you bought me a bike. That was great. You know, but, but you bought me my first Bible. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that you did that because that changed my life. It really did. And I'm thankful that you, you, you saw and you had the foresight to see, hey, I'm going to put something into your hands. I'm going to put something into your life that's going to change your life forever. And see, this is why the Word of God, let's let it mean something to us. Let's let it mean something to our lives. And even if it's a verse a day, it's something. It's something. A proverb a day. It's something in our lives. Allowing it to maybe read through just a few passages of a chapter. And you can get through the Bible. I was only talking to one of our young adults. Uh, he's, he's serving in kids ministry this morning. And he keeps telling me every book of the Bible that he's up to. He's working through the Bible in a year. He's going through right now. And he's like, I'm up to, I'm up to Leviticus. He said, oh man, it's a bit dry. It's hard to get through. Oh. It's like, well done, mate. Oh no, it's not easy. You know, but just ask God to help you. You can get through it. All right. And, uh, yes, but the, the, and then he's on to the next one, the next one. Keeps telling me that every book that he's in. And I'm like, that's awesome, buddy. Keep it up. Keep it up. See, the Word of God is so important for our lives. We need it in our lives every day. If we need truth, let's get into the Word. Let's allow it to meet into our lives. And, and so that we can look at the Word every day as His people and say, how am I looking in the reflection of the Word today? Amen. Can we just close our eyes this morning? And I wanna ask if there's anyone here and maybe you're online with us today. If there's anyone here today that, uh, that doesn't know Jesus for yourself. And uh, we, we just wanna give you an opportunity right now where you can know Jesus. In a few moments, I'm gonna pray a prayer and, and invite you to pray it with me. Uh, because one of the greatest decisions we can ever make into our, in our lives is to actually accept Jesus Christ into our lives. It's the best call, the best decision that we can ever make. And God is real. Jesus is real. He did come to 2,000 years ago. He did die at a cross for our sins. He did rise from the dead. He is very, very real. He loves you. He has a plan for your life, a future and a hope for your life. He has so much more. And life is so much better when it's done with God than without Him. And the way to God is through Jesus Christ. He is that way. And so if you wanna know Jesus for yourself today, I wanna encourage you, just lift your hand. Raise your hand this morning if you wanna know Jesus. If you wanna say yes to Him and accept Him into your life today, I want you to lift up your hand to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you wanna make a recommitment to Jesus today. I want you to raise your hand today as well and just say, hey, I need to bring my life back to Jesus today. I need to say yes to Him again. I, I need to return my heart back to Jesus again. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you're online today and you're, you're on the church online platform, you can, it's got to raise the hand button. Just, just press that button. Our team would love to help you and, 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 and just work with you as well. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, just click the link there. We would love to help you as well online. But if that's you today, you want to say yes to Jesus, just lift your hand. Lift your hand today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to pray this prayer together for all of us and I'd love for you to pray it with me. Lord Jesus, I ask You to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and my past. 
I accept you today as my Saviour and my Lord from this day forward. I am born again into your kingdom and your family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord. Just minister your love and your grace and your power over every life, God. If there are people that are still searching and hungry for you, I pray that you show them your love and show them your reality today. In Jesus' name, amen.